0: This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 251, comic reviews for the week of Wednesday, March 4th. Welcome to Comic Shenanigans. This is episode 251. I'm Adam Chapman, the host, and this is our comic reviews episode for releases from Wednesday, March 4th. Uh, This is going to be a a really packed episode. I don't have a lot of time to actually record today's episode, but I have a lot of comics to talk about. well, maybe not a lot, but a 13. Um, so first up is all-new Hawkeye number one, which I still think is a little weird because as far as I know, I don't believe Hawkeye's ended, but uh, whatever. Uh, so we have this new launch uh, by Jeff Lemire. I really wasn't sure about it, just kind of coming into it if I was going to... Just the last the last incarnation was just so strong by um, uh, a fraction. I just wasn't sure about kind of seeing an, a new version of it and uh, having someone new kind of writing uh, Hawkeye's Exploits uh, it ended up being actually a really fun read um, the story's quite strong the the flashbacks at the beginning were really well done as well uh, the whole interaction between Clint and, and Kate really worked um, I just thought it, w- it was a really kind of fun read um, the flashbacks were really serious but uh, again provide a lot of interesting context as well and um, I, just, I, I thought this was just a really strong read visually. It was extremely, like, just very engaging. Um, but, so this is Jeff Lemire and Ramon Perez. Uh, this was great. Um, again, artistically, it managed to kind of hit some of the high points that David Aja had hit in the previous uh, run of Hawkeye, but also adding a, a much warmer texture uh, to the kind of flashback components that even though they're kind of really dark, um, the art in these particular panels is, is just breathtaking. Um, the color work is, is tremendous I actually I enjoyed this a lot more than I was ever expecting to um, which doesn't always happen these days so I'm going to give it a very strong 8 out of 10 a very solid debut um, and a lot of fun uh, next up is Avengers 42 as we get closer and closer to Secret Wars in two, two months time runs out um, it's uh, written by Jonathan Hickman artwork by Stefano Caselli and um, we're getting closer and closer to things kind of winding down. Even the, the issue itself is called, it all comes crashing down. Um, a lot going on. We have, you know, we're, we're kind of seeing things, you know, four days ago, we have the Illuminati going to, um, I guess, uh, tr- trying to use part of the Living Tribunal to, to assist them with the, one of their plans. Uh, then you go three days ago and you have, I guess, Nation X is a thing with Sentinels, which I feel like we haven't really seen the X get to this point at all, so I'm hoping that happens really soon. Uh, two days ago, we have um, uh, you know a creation being built by Reed or being designed by Reed, uh, Valeria, and Black Panther, uh, which I don't know if this was on purpose or not, but definitely looks a little bit like the giant construct that uh, housed the uh, the heroes or that the heroes all kind of went into when the sequel war started. I'm sure that's just me reading too much into it, though. Then they have One Day Ago in New York City, the Imperial Guard kind of recalling Smasher uh, to go home because of what's about to happen there. We have Black Swan and Namor having a bit of a uh, a tête-à-tête on the Ultimate Universe. We have uh, Gladiator pondering what's about to happen as he's about to kind of rain down uh, hell upon Earth. Um, There's a lot going on here. And uh, it's you know it's really setting up one hell of a upcoming climax. Very exciting, very thrilling. The Guardians even get a little bit of play here. Um, it's again really well done. There's just so much going on yet Hickman's able to make it kind of all seamlessly meld together. And uh, Caselli is a is a brilliant artist and and re- is able to manage so many different characters and yet do so well. Uh, I'm gonna give this an eight out of ten as well. Again. So far, we're on, a, we're on a hot streak for the, for the week. Uh, next up, Avengers World number 18. Uh, this is written by... Let me check the uh, who's actually doing this particular issue. First of all, I just like that we're finally kind of getting a little bit more of a, a series that's looking at the gap between uh, Time Runs Out and what happened before. Uh, it's not answering all the questions, but it's definitely assisting with answering some of them. Uh, this issue is written by Barbier. Uh, and the artwork is by um, Marco Cecchetto, who, uh, for the most part, I really enjoyed here. Um, you know, this is, this is the second chapter. We're getting to see more of the Cabal kind of doing what they do. Um, see more about the different incursion points. The fact that Namor kind of has a thing for uh, Sue uh, Storm, no matter what world it's in. Although um, well, she gets kind of murdered here by, I think it's, I forget her name, is it Proxima Midnight? I can't even remember the names of the Cabal at the times. Uh, They destroy a world. Uh, Then we have um, Roberto D'Agosta kind of dealing with the fact that he's just acquired AIM. And not everyone's super happy about this. We're seeing more of the adventures of Nightmask and uh, Starbrand as they're kind of dealing with their own thing. uh, With a builder frigate entering our universe. Um, There's a nice flashback to Sunspot's history as well. We get to see more of what's going on in the world. um, And we get to see, you know, something big is going to happen with uh, Sunspot in the next issue, it looks like, Um, and I like what they're kind of building with here, and the idea that the takeover of of AIM is not something that was necessarily uh, just let to happen. Uh, I like that Namor and Sunspot were kind of the focal point characters here, um, to kind of see, in in very different ways, to see what kind of comes next. Um, Pretty strong, I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10, not quite as strong as the other books this month, but Sure, this week, but still very good. Uh, Batman Eternal. We get closer and closer to the end game. Uh, this is issue what number forty eight. It's hard to believe it's been forty eight issues. In some ways, in some ways, it feels like it hasn't been many issues at all because some things just haven't really been progressed, and other things feel like we've we've gone a long way. I, or sorry, come a long way. I should say. So this issue is one of the ones where it feels like we're we are kind of nearing the end. Uh, we have uh, Bard trying to reason with uh, the the. Um, the mayor because he wants to try and get Gordon out of jail um the issues written by Scott well stories by Scott Snyder, Jim Steen and the fourth, Kyle Higgins handles the script, Ray Fox and Tim Seeley are the consulting writers and Fernando Blanco handles the art um we have the various members of the bat family going up against uh various bat villains we have Hush uh in control of the uh the bat cave so he's kind of triggering all their um uh, all the bat family's um weapons and 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 kind of uh, fun little gadgets we have the clue master going after a spoiler who's just tried to contact vicky Vale. uh we have a bard realizing that there's a riot going on and gordon's probably going to be at the center of it which he is um it definitely felt like we're getting more of a sense that everything is kind of pulling together and there's a very clear um kind of end game in mind I still wonder who really is at the, the heart of it all, but it's still a fairly strong issue, 7.5 out of 10. Uh, next up is Earth 2, number 32. Now, I just kind of got caught up on all the Earth 2, Earth 2 books recently. Uh, so it's easy to kind of get confused as to which one's which between Earth 2 and Earth Through World's End. Um, this issue of Earth 2, it's written by kind of a, a platoon of creators. I mean, uh, considering it's, it's just a monthly book, but it's part of a... A grander weekly hole, it's not maybe a surprise that there's so many creators involved. Uh, I'm still not totally sold on uh, Power Girls uh, costume, now having the Superman S. I like it, but at times it just doesn't quite look right. Uh, Daniel H. Wilson, Margaret Bennett, and Mike Johnson are the writers. Uh, pencils are by Andy Smith and uh, Ari Kameyama, and then inks by Trevor Scott and, and Ari Kamiyama, uh, Kamiyama as well. Um, there's a lot more focus here on um, you know uh, Dr. Fate uh, Steel like there, I feel like this was kind of a more colorful issue I did like the art because I thought all the characters were pretty pretty uh, pretty awesome um, although there was a lot of you know white space in some places and sometimes the uh, the way that Oliver Queen even was kind of standing didn't quite feel right um, we have um, you know Val and Hawkwoman and everyone else and, and, uh, and uh, Dr. Fate you know trying to stop this drill um, we get to see a bit of a, a flashback to how Hawkwoman got her, her wings and also we see more of Khalid's inner struggle um, it looks like you know, he may have died at the end but then he's, he's still alive and he seems to be in control which is interesting um, not bad I mean I think the art was probably better than the story the, start, the story at times felt like it was kind of not quite finding its way but I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 and I think it's been stronger this issue than it has been and I felt like I had more of an identity as a book uh, which brings us to Earth 2 Worlds n 22. Again, it's feeling more and more like we're right near the end, which we are, obviously, so it's starting to, have to be a little bit more interesting. Um, a lot of creators involved here. Uh, let me just uh, see. We got Story by Daniel H. Wilson. is written by Daniel H. Wilson, Margaret Bennett, Mike Johnson, and Colin Bunn. Breakdowns by Scott McDaniel. Art by Tyler Kirkham, Eduardo Pensica. Uh, and Mark Deering, Jack Herbert, and Vicente Cifuentes, Jorge Jimenez, Robinson Roca, and Guillermo Ortego. That is a lot of creators. I know it's a weekly book. I know it's a grind. It just seems crazy that that many people are involved in it. Um, we got to see more of Alan Scott trying to kind of stop, go take on the power of all the um, different avatars and be able to stop. Uh, you know apocalypse and and stop the terraforming or the the kind of shell that's creating around the earth from forming. Um in some ways I thought that the Earth 2 issue was a little bit more centered and had a little bit um maybe it was just better put together and uh, this issue felt a little bit more slapdash because there's just so many different elements and at times it just felt like there was too much going on and at times Again, it doesn't always jive with what we see in the other books, so it makes it more confusing. Uh, it's interesting, though, and definitely entertaining, uh, but not quite as entertaining as Earth 2, and I think a little bit more, again, all over the place. So I'm going to give it a 6. Uh, next up is Grayson, number 8, which I found confusing um, and also just kind of a weird, a weird issue because it felt very different than everything else that has been going on in the book in a lot of ways. It's, it's confusing, too, because you have like parallel stories going on between uh, what's going on with, um, with Matron and what's going on at the same time with uh, uh, Minos meeting with some mystery person we don't know. And then we also have uh, Dick Grayson teaching a lesson. Uh, so there's a little bit of everything going on. It's written by Tom King, plot by Tom C- Tim Seeley and Tom King, and the artist is Mikkel Yannan. Um, the art is fantastic. The story I just found a little bit confusing to follow exactly what was going on um, because there were, at the beginning, like those parallel tracks, and then the idea throughout that Minos is having this conversation, um, seeing different things that happen with um, someone who appears to be Minos. um, And then at the very end, there's kind of like not a cliffhanger, but definitely a game changer, which again I found a little confusing like, what the hell is going on, considering where the series had been up until this point and i guess they're going to kind of go in a different new exciting direction when we come back from convergence but i just felt it was a little confusing this the, the, the art is fantastic i think the story was a little all over the, not all over the place just confusing and not necessarily clear and again it felt like it was a, a hard left turn when the, the the series had been steadily moving to the right and i guess that was part of the point but for me it just it almost just like it came out of nowhere, so I'm gonna give it a six out of ten. Uh, next up is Green Lantern number 40, which has been subject to a bit of uh, not scrutiny, but I mean, obviously, it's a, a big new direction for Hal Jordan. I don't know if I care, like, I get the what the character's doing here, but I just feel like every time they kind of have a kind of a soft relaunch of some kind for Green Lantern, um, he always loses the ring in some way or something kind of happens. And I felt like what go, happens here kind of interesting, you know, that, you know, Kyle, um, sorry, Hal steals something, Krono's gauntlet, and goes up against uh, Kilowog, and I get the reasoning behind it, but again, it it just felt very forced that this is the decision he makes, and um, just kind of deciding to kind of be the bad guy, and be able to maybe try and make it so that if he's separate from the Green Lantern Corps, that the Green Lantern Corps can kind of rise above, because Hal isn't considered to be part of it, I don't know, it just, it felt very... Put on and you know, and at the same time, like it kind of felt like a parallax all over again because when he took out Cal, uh, sorry, uh, back in the day and killed him, obviously it's different here and it's very obvious that you know he's not really gone bad, but he's deciding to kind of not be the leader anymore and he's going out on his own and it, it just felt very, I don't know, I I wasn't a huge fan, I I I feel that like they try so hard to that push how in different. You know, directions. And I already think it's interesting enough him being the leader, and why can't we see more of that? Now he's got to make everyone, you know, believe that he's bad, and eventually he's just going to be, you know, Green Lantern again anyway, so what's the point of this? Um, especially with, you know, there will be a movie at some point. Um, it just it felt very, again, put on. Um, especially with him coming back in Justice League, but in his own book, he's going out on his own and being a villain, like, or pretending to be a villain. I just felt it doesn't it feels like the editors should talk a little bit more like the character shouldn't be in such hugely diametrically opposed um, uh, positions or places when you read a book and yet if you read Justice League and this they're completely different versions of the Hal Jordan character uh, in many different ways Uh, this is written by Robert Venditti penciled by Billy Tan I like the artwork I like the showdown with Kilowog Um, I just don't know if I really like the story direction it's going in um, I'm going to give it a 6 um, Just because I, I just, just don't know if I buy it and I just I just don't know if I can really get on board The direction of the story Next up is Guardians Team Up Number 1 uh, This is the Guardians second book Obviously it's written by Brian Michael Bendis Artwork by um, Art Adams This is Guardians of the Galaxy Meet the Avengers Part 1 um, Yeah I, I don't think we needed to see this um, But we got it anyway uh, I, it's nice to see Art Adams doing interiors uh, That doesn't happen often uh, it, kind of, it, it makes me realize How much Nick Bradshaw looks like him In terms of his art um, We have the Chitari being commanded by A shadowy figure who I'm just going to spoil right now is Nebula uh, Going after the Guardians They end up kind of teaming up with the Avengers a little um, you know what? It wasn't bad. I, I don't think this book needs to occur or happen. I'm interested to see what's going to happen when it's not Ben that's writing it, because I, I think he's only writing the first arc, but I could be wrong. Um, just the idea of him kind of of other people getting to play with the Guardians characters. That being said, we have a Star Lord book. We have um, what I think today they announced a Groot ongoing. There's a Rocket Raccoon ongoing. Like it just feels like there's so many Guardians books that. They, they star in so many different places I don't know if I really needed to see another one um it was alright I mean the, the Art Adams artwork was, was pretty and very detailed in his Art Adams way I'm gonna give it a 7 it was good but doesn't need to exist probably not uh next up we got Hulk number 12 man I continue to just absolutely love this book um I don't think like you know Mark way got the ball running but then Jerry Dugan has just kicked it out of the park um I've really been loving his take on Doc Green um the artwork by Begley is looks fantastic as well. It's just such a, a vibrant book. Um, the cover is a lot of fun, even. Guns, Glory, and Gamma Corps. Uh Jerry Dugan and Mark Bagley put in this issue together. Um, I like how it started with you have uh, Iron Fist going up against Doc Green, which is a really cool kind of segment, and the ad- idea that um, the Hulk wants to be trained by uh, Iron Fist as in like martial arts, and... Um, because he's got a lot of kind of foes out there uh we have maria hill going to a base where the gamma core is and uh hulk kind of shows up and has a joiner uh, i really liked how he was written here um even like kicking someone out of the out of the uh elevator because uh, he doesn't want anyone else there he goes up against the gamma core and is able to kind of talk to them um really really cool i really really enjoyed it um you know i the whole mega art kind of Hulk storyline has been really interesting um the idea of Green now going up against this rampant artificial intelligence that um he dealt with is really cool him curing the Gamma core was kind of cool as well uh I'm really excited to see the next issue with Deadpool I think uh Deadpool by Jerry Dugan um I mean I, I don't read the ongoing that he writes with Brian Persane but I'm excited to see him in the confines of this book so as much as Deadpool Deadpool will be Deadpool he'll be Deadpool in this Hulk book and I'm just, I think it'll be a lot of fun as a kind of a fun diversion. I'm gonna give it an eight and a half out of ten. I think in some ways it was actually one of the strongest reads this week. Um, the story is just really you know engaging. The artwork looks incredible. Um, I mean I, you know, every month I'm just I'm totally hooked. Um, so it's great. Next up is Princess Leia number one of the three Star Wars books I've read so far. Probably the weakest and the one feeling least like I think the original movie character. Uh, it's written by Mark Wade. It's uh, artwork by the Dodsons. Still good. Still very interesting to see kind of what uh, Leia deals with right after the ceremony at the end of Star Wars Episode Four: um, A New Hope. Uh, it's more of a Leia focus. There's less focus, obviously, on the other members of the principal Star Wars cast. It's interesting to see uh, what Leia's kind of dealing with in terms of being one of the you know few Alderanians left. Um, it was good. It was, you know, a solid read. Again, I just think I was just so blown away by the, the first two issues of Star Wars and even the first two issues of Darth Vader that I just I expected a little bit more. Was hoping for more, and I didn't feel like I really got it. So I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. Looks good. Again, maybe, I, maybe i almost feel like I'm giving it too high grade just because I think the pers- the characterization of Leia was just a little bit off. Didn't quite feel. It it wasn't quite as spot on as the other books had been. And which is only surprising because I would have expected Mark Waid to nail it more so. But you know what? You can't absolutely nail everything. And considering how awesome a writer he is, I think I can let him have this one. Uh, Next up is Spider-Woman number five. Although really, it should just be called Spider-Woman number one. And we can pretend that Spider-Woman one to four is actually called Spider-Verse Spider-Woman. I know that sounds stupid, but... This is a new costume, new status quo for the character. It's so much more interesting than the last four issues have been. Dennis Hopeless really gets the character here in a way that I think he wrote the first three issues, or four issues, and it just it just didn't nail the character before. And Javier Rodriguez is does, does amazing, amazing pencils and colors here. The colors in particular just pop right off the page. Alvaro Lopez does the inks, and uh, I think artistically, it's just a, a brilliant-looking book. Um, it's just sad that it's not issue number one, because... You know you feel like if you jump into this that you should pick up the first four issues and you really don't need them at all um you know i guess maybe the last issue just to see why she quit the avengers but really this issue is enough of, in and of itself it's interesting to see her trying to be a superhero again but without the resources of the avengers etc and it's not really quite working out the way she planned she doesn't really want to be a private eye again but she thinks that maybe she should um she ends up getting contacted by um uh what's his name ben yurik and Ben Yurk is really interesting in here and he's kind of almost kind of teaming up with her or trying to convince her to, uh, to take on a certain case, um, and kind of work with him. It's really interesting. Uh, the end of the issue in particular, you know, just... The, the fight she has and how she realizes something about a greater conspiracy against supervillains was really cool um, that final page or the shot of her crawling down the side of the building um, which is just they use it as a panel break so there's this one long panel on the left hand side which is um, a vertical line and then you have you know four more panels on the other side and I just think it looks so cool um, just the, the, it's kind of a half kind of silhouette of Spider-Woman calling down a building and it looks really cool I like the new costume the new take on the character um, this is what I wish Spider-Woman had been from the beginning um, I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10 uh, again I think it's probably one of the strongest reads all week uh, which I would not have thought it would have been and uh, last up is X-Men uh, this is issue number 25 it's funny I actually read issue 25 before 24 because I didn't realize I missed an issue And, uh, you know, you don't really feel like you have. Uh, G. Willow Wilson's writing it. Roland Boshi is the artist. Um, I actually really enjoyed the kind of the take of Monet and dealing with what's kind of inside of her head and the idea that she's always kind of wanted to bash things and hit things and uh, you can't always solve things by hitting things. And their work could be a little bit better, a little stronger, but I thought the scripting was really strong. It was a great uh, focus. I like how each issue's been a focus on one of the uh, different ex-ladies. Or X Women, I should say. Um, Really cool. I liked um, Jubilee confronting Medusa in a very Jubilee way. So I, I really dug this. It was fun. Um, I've actually pretty much enjoyed this book ever since its beginning. Like this is, I think one of the strongest X books that's out there besides Amazing X Men. I think those two books are so strong, and it's just funny that they aren't, you know, the big marquee X books, and yet I find them the most interesting. Um, The issues I didn't get a chance to uh, look at this week to review include the following. Aquaman and the others 11, which I completely forgot even came out. As well as Detective Comics 40, which I also completely forgot about and can't wait to read. Uh, Flash Season Zero Number Six, Green Arrow 40, Harley Quinn 15, Hinterkind, 16, Infinity Man and the Forever People Number Eight, Justice League 3015, Lobo Number Six, Names Number Seven, New 52 Features End Number 44, Scooby-Doo Team Up Number Nine, Swamp Thing Number 40, Wolf Moon Number Four, Angela Asgard's Assassin Number Four, Iron Fist Living Weapon Number Ten, Marvel's Ant-Man Prelude Number Two, Marvel. Um, Let's see. We got Mir- uh, Miracle Man number sixteen, uh, Operation Sin number three, Return of Living Deadpool number two, uh, Miracle Man number sixteen, and Operation Sin number three. So that's everything. Uh, oh, sorry, I have missed some. Um, Return of the Living Deadpool number two, Rocker Raccoon number nine, and Wolverine's number nine as well. Uh, looking forward to this week. Um, so comics coming out on March eleventh. Um, some highlights include the following. We got the East of West eighteen. Um, from uh, DC we've got uh, the Batman Beyond Justice Lords Beyond Trade Paperback uh, Detective Comics Endgame number one so all the endgame kind of one shots start to hit um, Justice League Trade Paperback volume five Forever Heroes uh, you've got Multiversity Guidebook for number one second printing and there's uh, Tiny Titans Return to the Treehouse Trade Paperback uh, from Marvel, uh, some of the highlights include Amazing Spider-Man Special Number One, although I'm not sure what's so special about it, as I had, don't remember the solicit. Uh, there's Amazing Spider-Man 16. Uh, nice to have a non-Spider-Verse issue for once in a while, or once for a change. Uh, Avengers Quicksilver trade paperback finally comes out, which I think is going to be fun. It's the Quicksilver uh, series from the mid '90s that I don't think a lot—sorry, late '90s—that I don't think a lot of people have actually read. So um, I, I think I'm probably going to pick this up. Uh, there's the um, Gardens team up, number two is coming out already, Fantastic Four, 644. Uh, Mission Marvel 13, New Avengers 31, Time Runs Out, uh, Nova Annual number 1, uh, there's uh, a lot of Spider-ish books because there's also Spider-Man and the X-Men number 4, Spider-Man 2099 number 10, Spider-Gwen number 2, Silver Server 10, third issue of Star Wars, as well as uh, new issues of Superior, Iron Man, and Thor. So that's everything coming up next week on, uh, well, in a few days on March 11th. So thanks again for joining me. You can email us at shenanigans at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to and iTunes, and you can also post in our HDRums threads as well. Um, last episode 250 was our, uh, our talk with Scott Bell. Upcoming episodes this month will include a conversation with uh, Tom DeFalco, as well as in April, a conversation with Fabian Necieza. And yes, I'll finally find out how to pronounce his name correctly because I'm sure I'm saying it wrong. It's, uh, anyway, so that'll be uh, coming up in the, in the coming month, and obviously in May, we'll have a focus on uh, the Avengers Age of Ultron movie, which will be a fun spotlight. So thanks again for joining us for this episode for 251, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye bye.